Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuck Bryant. Yes, indeed. I'm here. I did not skip bail. No, you didn't, Chuck. And if you had... Something would have happened to you. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, maybe a bounty hunter would have come after you. Part two, Josh. Our first ever, well, not true, but this is a two-part suite. Yeah, it's definitely not our first ever. Thank you, Steve, Reader Steve, who sent in the suggestion. Yeah, and uh, again, it was an NPR three-part series on bail in the United States that kind of kicked this thing off. It's, yeah. Like I said, it's worth reading. Go to NPR.org. Uh, and you can check it out. I think you'd probably just type bail in their handy search bar. Ah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, we, we asked the question at the end of the last, uh, podcast that came out on Tuesday. Here it is Thursday. Uh, the question was, what happens when you skip bail? Right. And as we've just established, you get a bounty hunter sicked on your. <laughs> yes. In many cases, that ex- is exactly what will happen is a bondsman will uh, hire what they like to be referred to as a bail enforcement agent. Mm-hmm. But, of course, we like to call them bounty hunters because it's just a cooler name. It is a way cooler name, and it's a name that goes back um, several centuries, right? At least yeah. one or two. Well, sure. Are you talking about the Old West? Yeah. The, yeah, when the, the whole thing started was when, um, I believe, in 1873, a Supreme Court case, Kramer versus Kramer. <laughs> no. Taylor versus Tainter. Taylor versus Tainter. <laughs> this case gave bounty hunters authority to act as agents for bail bondsmen. And then starting then, and even if it wasn't a bail bondsman, there would be the wanted poster in the Old sure. West, like bringing back dead or alive. Of course, that's just a, a bounty on someone's head. Right. Because you bring them back dead, that's not going to do much good in court. It, dead is uh, easier transporting. Yeah, but that's the way it started. And I believe what was... Uh, Jesse James was worth five grand at his peak. Yeah, did you go on to the currency converter? I did. Nearly a hundred grand. Wow. Yeah. I would have thought more. Uh, uh yeah, but the bail was different then. Like yeah. now he would probably be like ten million. Oh, sure. Actually he's worth about a hundred million in Adrena dollars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're uh, basing that on an article by Stephanie Watson who talked to a very legendary um bounty hunter. By the name of Bob Burton, right? Yeah, you saw the picture of him, right? I did, and he looks like a total bad dude. Yeah, carrying the shotgun and the cowboy hat. He uh, he has awesome quotes, and I just wish we had Sam Elliott in the studio to read them. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Uh, yeah, Bob Burton uh, in, I believe, 2007? Yes. 2007 made uh, 20,000 arrests. Yeah, he and his His, his agents. agents. Yeah. And he's personally made many, many thousand uh, over the last uh, 25 years that he's been in business. Yeah, he's director of the National Enforcement Agency. Yeah. I guess that's just the name of his company, right? Yeah, so we'll be leaning on him a little bit for some pointers uh, about bounty hunting, right? Yeah, can we go ahead and issue the first quote? Yeah. God, I wish we had Sam Elliott. Uh, As bounty hunters were driving around bad neighborhoods, talking to stupid people, (laughs) drinking cold coffee and looking for bad guys... And they talk about the glory of it all. For every buck we make arresting someone, we make a thousand in adrena dollars. Right. So he's talking about just the rush of it all. Sure. You you run up on a bad guy and yeah. you've got your gun in his mouth and you're saying like, <laughs> try something, try something, and right. you know, you're pumping. Fight or flight, buddy. buddy. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So Jesse James would be worth about a hundred million in adrena or ten percent of that. 
is what the bounty hunter would earn, right? Sure. Is the cat out of the bag? I'm not supposed to announce. No, yeah, no, that's good. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. They usually get, I think, ten to twenty percent of the total amount of bail, right? Yeah. So they will get this from the bail bondsman. So the bail bondsman obviously doesn't have to pay or not pay the huge right. amount. Well, yeah. Let's recap real quick. Okay. Uh, when you go to jail, if you contract the services of a bail bondsman, yes, the bail you pay them a ten percent premium, and the bail bondsman tells the court. I got this guy. Yes. Technically, this person's in my custody, and I will see to it that he or she makes it to the court appearance, right? right. Uh, and in the meantime, you're out free. Uh-huh. And if you skip, then that means supposedly that the bail bondsman is on the hook for you. Right. Uh, to pay your entire bail. So right. the, you gave the bail bondsman a 10% premium, say it was $5,000. They're on the hook to pay the $50,000, right? Indeed. If they are in a county or a state where they're not, um, where they don't have the local um, court system uh-huh. and the local commissioners in their back pocket, then they might actually have to pay that bail. Right. And so they send a bounty hunter after you. Right. Okay, so the bounty hunter works for the bail bondsman. Rarely are they one and the same. Yeah, two different professions. Chuck, you said. Um, Back in the Wild West, it, there used to be wanted posters that say "dead or alive." Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's pretty infrequent these days. <laughs> unless a, a dead thing. Yeah, the dead part. Yeah, because you want to obviously collect your money, and you cannot, as a bounty hunter, bring in a dead suspect because that does no one any good. You don't get any payment, and you cannot even uh, do the old rough them up. No, because uh, you can bring a roughed up uh, fugitive to the jail all day long, and they're going to say. We're not taking them because yeah, sure, the, 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 the fugitive could say, oh, actually, it was the county that did this to me because right. they have deeper pockets than the bail exactly. b- or the bounty hunter who did, right? So, yeah. So you, the idea is uh, to bring them in as gently as possible without excessive force. And I think they said only 3 to 4% of the um, suspects even put up a fight. And usually that's just I'll try to run or I'll mm-hmm. squirm around. Yeah. It's not – Truly like some big violent confrontation. That was uh, Bob Burton's estimate. Okay. Yeah, but I, I imagine that's yeah. probably pretty <laughs> pretty uh, exemplary of the rest of the field, right? Yeah, and he also, uh, Bob, pointed out that an experienced bounty hunter can make 50 to 80 and probably up to 100 grand a year, provided they don't have like a TV show or a book deal. Right. Which we'll get to in a moment as well. We said in the last podcast that when you sign a bail bond contract, you are signing a document that is unlike any other you're going to ever sign for the rest of your life. Yeah, I didn't know that. You are waiving some serious, serious constitutional rights. Uh huh. For one, you are giving um, the bounty hunter more jurisdiction over capturing you than any police agency. Yeah, you're basically giving them permission to come after you and use almost any kind of means necessary to come and get you. Right. You're waiving any right to uh, extradition uh, within the United States. Um, And uh, you're also saying that, you know what, Uh, you don't have to read me my Miranda rights. Yeah. And if you know where I live, you can come into my house to try to arrest me as long as you're sure that it's my house. Let's talk about that. This is amazing that bail – I'm sorry, bounty hunters – actually have way, way more leeway than cops do. Mm-hmm. They don't have to have warrants. Right. They can just bust into your house. Yep. They can go through your mail, go through your trash. Uh, obviously, they can tip off 
go behind the scenes and do some more unscrupulous things. Mm-hmm. As long as no one knows about it, then it's all well and good. Yeah, Burton mentioned that he'll he'll tip anywhere from fifty to three hundred bucks for like a motel clerk or sure. a bartender or a bouncer right. to give them a call if you show up. And what do they need to do this, Josh? Very, very little. Not very much. No, it depends. Um, it depends on the state. And uh, in uh, Kentucky, Illinois, and Oregon, you're not going to find any bounty hunters. You're not going to find any bail bonding companies either. Um, but like we said, that you you waive your right to extradition uh, or w- right against sure. extradition within the United States. Um, so these these states are aware that people do come to their states to flee as fugitives. Because no and, bounty hunters are there. Right. Uh-huh. And a bounty hunter is going to come into their state after them. Now, say like Kentucky, um, you can make an arrest as a bounty hunter in Kentucky, but you have to go to their court system first and say, yeah. I, I need a warrant. Yeah, this is actually a pretty, uh, I think it would be the ultimate deal for the bounty hunter is if your your suspect goes to Kentucky because basically you go, you get a court order, and then the judge will have... A police officer do the dirty work. And, yeah, that's uh, Illinois. And arrest the person, and then you can have them remanded to your custody right. so you get the award. Right. So you don't even have to capture them. No, you don't, but I imagine it's probably, um, if you're a bounty hunter, you probably hate working with the cops. You think? Because it slows things down. Sure. It's bureaucratic, and you're not used to playing by the same rules that they are. Yeah, true. So I imagine it probably is uh, a fly in the ointment when you have to go get somebody in Illinois or something yeah, yeah, like that. True. Can they do anything, Josh? They want to. Are they completely above the law? No, definitely not. There's um, one sterling example of what you can't do um, is cross international lines in pursuit of a fugitive. That's bad news. One place you don't want to go is Mexico. Yes, that is Dog, the uh, alleged racist bounty hunter who has a TV show on A&E. Yeah. And I call him that because he was famously uh, spouted a bunch of nasty racist things. Did you hear that recording? Yeah, he seems like a big jerk, to be honest. (laughs) Allegedly. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, he actually um, caught a very famous criminal in Mexico. Yeah, uh, it was um, Andrew Luster, who was the Max Factor heir back in 2003. You remember that? It was a big deal. Oh, yeah, and he got in big trouble for it. He First, he recouped some of his uh, share of the million bucks, Mm -hmm. and then Mexico said, wait a minute, it's illegal here. You are under arrest, sir. But we'll let you out on bail. (laughs) Well, yeah, they they did let him out on bail, and... He, he skipped his bail. entire job is to bring people yeah. back who skip out on bail, and he skipped out on bail. He did. So Mexico wanted to extradite this guy, but by that time, he'd already made a name for himself. Sure. He was a famous TV star. Yeah. So Condoleezza Rice writes a letter on his behalf <laughs> no. to Mexico saying, just drop extradition. And Mexico's like, no. We're See, not I'm gonna, gonna I'd like extradition. to vouch for dog. Yeah. I was wondering if that's what the letter said. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Uh Mexico said, no, we're not going to extradite. Uh-huh. And uh, they, a court said, send him to us. He's yet to have been sent to him. But... Well, they dropped the charges. Oh, they did? Yeah, a couple of years ago they dropped the charges. So he's off. He's off scot-free, and he's doing his thing. His TV show was can't, uh, suspended for a little while because of the uh, racist remarks and this whole Mexico thing. But it's going strong again. Yeah, because <laughs> the American public is... They'll yeah. forgive you if you will bust down doors on TV for them. Yeah, who wrote this, actually? Uh, this is uh, Stephanie Watson. Stephanie Watson wrote about Dog the Bounty Hunter, his uh, mulleted militia. I thought that was really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing, Josh, I thought was interesting that they cannot do, and this seems like a pretty big loophole, is they cannot enter 
the home of a friend or family member to catch you. No. So it seems like you should just hide out with a friend or family member. No, it's becoming quite clear that if you or I ever jump bail, jump bond, right? Sure. Uh, we should go l- stay at the house of a friend or family member in well, Kentucky. Okay, yeah. I actually do know people in Kentucky. Okay, I need their address. I could go stay with uh, Stacy Horn's parents. They'd well, be that glad was to have smart, me. Chuck. <laughs> but they can't come and get me. Who cares? They can sit outside the house, and the moment you come out, buddy, I'd just I'd be a shut in. Okay. Chuck's got it all worked out. I do. All right, Chuck. Um, but yeah, they just about everything else they can do. Sure. Can't rough you up. No. Can't go into Mexico, although they can. Well, and yeah, clearly. They do. Uh-huh. And they can't go into the houses of friends or family members. Right. What are they doing? Like, they're using everything else at their disposal, right? Yeah, they're doing stuff that uh, probably a good detective might do. They're accessing your files and your records, phone records maybe, credit card receipts. Yeah. Asking around on the street, trying to find out where you like to hang out and shoot pool. Right. That kind of thing. Yeah. And then you stake it out like a cop would, you know? Yeah. Um, some of them use, uh, like, spy gadgets. Yeah. Like uh, pinhole cameras, that sure. kind of thing. Night vision goggles. Thing. Yeah. That'd be cool. And the, But, yeah, it seems like a stakeout is probably one of the um, uh, bigger parts of the job of a bounty hunter. Yes. Several hours, several days. I would imagine uh, yeah. hours if you're really, really lucky. Yeah. And then you make the arrest. Right, Josh. But that's not the most important thing they have to their advantage, is it? No. Stephanie points out it is what? The element of surprise. Yeah. Yeah. I like this. Um, sure. You can, you're not a, a police officer. No. Nope. So you can totally trick anybody any yeah. way you can. So I love you it. Dress up as a meter reader to yeah. get into that house candy of your friend or family <laughs> member, right? Sure. Yeah. Candy <laughs> And all of a sudden they open the door, you say you're a UPS guy, and then no Miranda, no nothing. They just bust in there and put you down on the ground. Yeah. That's pretty hinky. It is a little hinky. But so. it is a real job. It's bona fide. And you're saying you guys can do this to me when you sign your bail bond contract. Well, exactly. That's the key. Josh, do they carry guns? Oh, yeah, they carry guns. Heck, yeah. Uh, depending on the state, you may have to license it with the state. In Georgia, yeah, where we live, yes, uh, you have to be 25. Okay. You have to um, check. have a gun license. No check. You have to work for only one bail bondsman. This is kind of a big deal. There are freelance uh, bounty hunters who will work for anybody. Non-Bushido code bounty hunters. Right. Okay. Um, and a lot of states say, no, 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 you, you can't do that. Yeah. You can be a bounty hunter, but you have to work for an express bail bondsman, and they have to have you on their books, and it right. can only be him. And if you show up in someone else's books, you're in huge trouble. Right. So you're still a freelancer. Technically, you're not on their on their staff. In some cases, You're an independent yes. contractor, but you exclusively work with that person. Right. I think it can go either way. Legally speaking, I don't know practically speaking, but legally speaking, you could either be on their staff or you could be an independent contractor. But once you're contracted with one bail bondsman uh, or bail bonding company, yeah, that's it. Gotcha. You know? Okay. But there are states that allow freelancers. Uh, which ones are those? Do you know? Uh, I think it's more... Most states allow it oh, okay. rather than fewer states. Gotcha. I know uh, Florida, North Carolina, and South Carolina um, have rules about freelancing. Well, that's all we care about because we're likely to get arrested in, here in the southeast. Sure. Okay. But not by a freelancer. I got another quote from Mr. Burton. Josh, you ready? Let's hear it. It's very difficult for a wife to say to her husband when he's walking out the door at midnight with a shotgun, have a nice day at the office. <laughs> yeah. So he said the worry factor, it's still, even though it's usually nonviolent, 
it's you know you're going out on your own without the protection of a police officer as well. Right. So that's a little scary. And there was one other trick that um, that Burton points out, uh, and it's called finding out the Judas. Yeah. Remember we said that in the uh, bail bonding episode that in most cases the bail bond company takes something in collateral from, yeah. say, a, your parents, say, the title of your parents' house. Sure. Let's say you skip bail anyway. Your parents are probably going to be fairly pissed at you for doing that. Yeah. And now all of a sudden they may say, you know what? I, I want him back here because I want to keep my house. Right. So Burton figures out who you've wronged by jumping bail or exactly. possibly who you wronged in the first place to yeah. get arrested, drug say dealer. like a drug dealer, uh-huh. something like that. Yeah. Uh, and then he'll go, f- he'll find that person and get the information of where you are, where you like to shoot pool, as you put it. All right. That's the Judas, uh, obviously named from the Bible. Uh, I was about to say Bible character, but I guess uh, Judas is a real person. Sold out Jesus. That's probably not a real popular name, baby name, wouldn't you think? <laughs> I don't like I don't Judas and Adolf are right up right, there. Right, yeah. <laughs> and Lucifer. And Chuck, lastly, how do you get to be a bounty hunter? Believe it or not, dude, there are schools <laughs> who are starting to have programs in bounty hunters and degrees. I'm not sure what schools. Oh, I can guess. But they're out there. Sure. <laughs> and uh, is it like evening and weekend schools, that kind of thing? Probably. Or maybe online schools. Which, I have to say, are gaining more and more accreditation and credibility. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, before we leave, though, I wanted to point out one of the cool little tricks I saw is they'll they'll rig certain things ahead of time to make it harder for you to escape. Like if they know they're going to go to your house, they'll go to your car first. And, oh, yeah. Like jam something in the keyhole. Like paper. Yeah, so if they if they get away out the back door, all of a sudden they're at their car fumbling with their keys and you walk up with your taser and... Put them down on the ground, or, or you just run and put your your gun in their mouth. Yeah, you can do that too, and sure. you can be a female. We keep saying him a lot. Yeah, he pointed out that um, you know it, it's a judgment call and the use of force. He said if you're um, coming up to a 25 year old girl who yeah. uh, was wanted for kiting checks, he's going to say, "Look, just come with us. Sure. We don't want to handcuff you." That's probably how it usually goes down. Sure, uh, not like in the movies. You ever seen a good bounty hunter movie? Uh, Dead Man. Yeah, Dead Man's a good one. We talked about that. What about, my favorite, Josh, was, uh, besides Midnight Run on the comedy end, uh-huh. was The Hunter, Steve McQueen's final picture. I never saw that. It's a good one. I don't know that I've ever seen a Steve McQueen movie. What? Yeah. You never seen Bullet? No. You never seen The Great Escape? I think I have seen most of The Great Escape. Isn't Dustin Hoffman in there with some really thick Coke bile glasses? No, that's Papillon. Okay, well then I've seen Papillon. Steve McQueen was in that, though. Okay, so I have seen a Steve McQueen movie <laughs> yeah. then. Wow. Yeah, check out The Hunter. It's his last movie in 1980. I always confuse The Great Escape with Hogan's Heroes. Eh, similar. Yeah. Is that it? That is it. Chuck. Are we done bounty hunting? We are. That was our two-part suite. Again, check out the uh, NPR expose, I guess you could call it, on bail bonding in the United States. It's it's pretty eye-opening. Um, you're always going to want to keep at least uh, $150 in your sock just in case, you know? Sure. Um, and you can also find out more about bail and bounty hunting uh, by typing those words into the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com, uh, which leads us, of course, Chuck, to listener mail. Not yet, sir. Oh, yeah? No. First, we are going to issue what I believe is our first ever official apology. That can't be right. To a people. Well, we apologize all over the place all the time, but this is official because we uh, inadvertently offended uh, Jehovah's Witnesses in the uh, listener mail segment 
uh, from last week where the kid wrote in about his uncle who uh, gave the blood transfusion to the Jehovah's Witness, even though they refused mm-hmm. at first. The Portuguese doctor in Brazil. Yes. and uh, I we think just, it was this week. It was Tuesday. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Well, we just want to apologize officially uh, to them because we had quite a few Jehovah's Witnesses write in, and it came across as us saying that, you know, they were just willing to let their kid die, and they were callous, and this non-Jehovah's Witness saved the day, and... Blah, blah, blah. And that is not what we were thinking at the time. It was, it was just like a, a nice hero letter in my mind. Right. So, sorry, guys. We didn't know we had so many of you out there listening to us. And uh, you also uh, they also pointed out bloodless surgery um, would be a good topic. And it's a very viable thing, so we're going to look into that, too. Okay. So You feel better? I do. Okay. So, uh, I guess that's it, right? Right. And, and now it's time for listener mail. Yes, Josh. This is from, I'm going to call this Canadian email. And we will say that this is from James K. in Calgary, Alberta, which is in Canada. Yes, it is. We've been chided for saying Calgary, Canada. That's like saying Atlanta, Atlanta United USA. States. Yeah. So That's in Alberta. And he is a big uh, devoted listener and basically has mainlined them since the end of September, <laughs> like so many people do. Yeah. They'll discover the podcast and listen to like 150 of them. And then they hate us. And uh, not the case with James. He says, I've listened to every podcast you have to offer, and there are no more left. No more. I'm a drowning man, awash in a sea of confusion and lethargy. I must now live day to day knowing that you will not, cannot be there beside me. I've worked my addiction up to the point of frenzy and then gone cold turkey in an instant, and it hurts. It hurts more than you'll ever know. So please, please give me more. The habit might be destructive. It might be pulling me down, away from everything I formerly held dear and into the pit of some cesspool of intellectual fervor, but I don't care. I want my fix. I need it. And you're the only ones that can hook me up. Yours forever, James. Wow. If you could James to send us some money. And he actually pointed out a few stats. Uh, 183 podcasts, and there's a few more since he wrote in. Yeah. 300, oh, sorry, 3,234 minutes of information and entertainment. I don't know about either of those. <laughs> and the first podcast with me, does gum really stay in your stomach for seven years? Yeah. Remember those days when we recorded in a tin can? Yep. Five minutes Five in a tin can. And episodes without me, he says 19. I didn't know there were that many without me. but Yeah, we should probably re-record those 19. Or just erase them. <laughs> no, there were some good topics in there, Chuck. Erase. Okay. Uh, if you have any ideas for podcast topics so we can create new podcasts for James and all the other SYSK junkies out there pop it in an email and bang it out to stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com For more on this and thousands of other topics visit howstuffworks.com Want more How Stuff Works? Check out our blogs on the howstuffworks.com homepage Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?